What's up, nerds? Hey, man, this is the third episode of the Emo Otaku Podcast. My name is Lance. And this is Antoine. And on today's episode, we will be talking about music. So never heard of it. <laughs> if you listen to your to our first episode, you'll see like clearly music had a really big impact on us. So we figured That's how I figured out cars, because I heard there was like some dude offered me candy down the street and I was like, I don't want that. And then he turned that outcast and I was like, Ooh, I'll get in. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Outcast. You almost yeah. got me kidnapped. Yeah. Oh man. Um <laughs> So last episode, we told you our top animes. We were series and movies. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't say anything. I, I, I wasn't myself. even going to say either one. Um, and we were going to do the same thing for music, but it's just it's like it's way too world. fucking hard. Because we have, you know, really wide genre tastes yeah like even just within rock music itself it's so broad because there's so many any any singular genre has so many genres and there's a new genre popping up every fucking day yeah and it's like i'm like yo i like that metalcore band like oh excuse me that's post-hardcore punk and i'm like get the fuck out of here dude like you know like i remember emery started calling themselves post-punk and i was like yeah i I remember and then was it see there was post-grunge yeah and i'm like fuck First off, grunge never died. I've been to Seattle. It's still fucking there. It's very depressing. (laughs) Yeah, like I still get sad. Grunge is a thing. Yeah, I lived in Washington long enough. I'm depressed forever. Yeah, like unless you like blow your head off with a shotgun or a fucking OD, you're not grunge. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, exactly. Where's your fucking plaid, bro? Uh, I got a random thought. Is Foo Fighters grunge? I don't. No, I feel like it's just general rock Rock and roll. Yeah, I feel like his first album kind of had like a grunge sound. I mean, he just straight up came from playing in the biggest grunge band of the time. And his best friend just died in the shittiest way possible. I'm going to contend that statement. I think people have died in shittier ways. I don't know, man. (laughs) Well, but then again, I think Courtney killed him. I mean... She wrote the notes, dude. I don't I don't think she killed him, but I think she was in the room. I I'll give she, you that. She's definitely why. Yeah. And I mean Dollskin was a good song. I'll give her that at least. Yeah. Yeah. Poppy, but it was a good song. Yeah. It's about yeah. the only positive thing I can say about her. Yeah. Uh but I mean, yeah, yeah, I'd say that. I think it had a grunt sound to it, but same thing with Seether. I don't think Seether is really grunt. I think their first two albums, which was really just one album with extended tracks at the end of it was a grunge album. And I think since then they've definitely just become more of a rock, almost kind of like a s- Southern rock sound to some of it. Be honest with you, dude, I haven't listened to Seether since it was on the radio. Uh, I will always have disclaimer too on my Spotify because nostalgia, it's like Limp Biscuit. It's one of those bands where like we talk shit about it now, but let's be honest. We don't even, I feel like we're past that phase. There was a time where we all just shit on Limp Biscuit. Yeah, but, but now we're past it. We're like, you know what? It was Fuck good, it, dude. We liked it for a reason. You know and, what I I mean? s- and if it comes on, I'm yeah. Anything from I'm Chocolate rolling, Starfleet. rolling, rolling. Yeah. You got fucking Exhibit, Red Man, Method Man, DMX on your fucking rock album. Yeah, you're crushing something you out are there in the world. Crushing it. Yeah. So I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Not even talking about Fred Durst. We can. I don't know if you want to separate the artist. I'm gonna say that we loved him back then. We probably, probably should separate artist from. Yeah, oh, definitely. In this context, there's going to be a lot of context. Yeah. yeah. But at the time, we loved him. We loved his music. So I will say 
he, he had two good albums. Yeah, that's only ones I count. Yeah, he had two good albums. And uh, beyond that, I, I give a fuck about him, but I'm not going to discount those albums Mm-mm. regardless of how I feel about him or anything after the fact. Right. So, yeah. Okay. I, I feel like that's a fair assessment. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, controversial thing, Alice in Chains over Nirvana. Yeah. Okay, really? I, I yeah. I, I, I every time I say over both. Ooh, got to disagree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'd, I'd, I love Alice in Chains. I think it's I, I, I would go like here. Nah, not even close. I don't think so, man. I, I just like... I feel like Alice in Chains just reinventing themselves on every album. Like they even like a like a bluesy album with Jar of Flies. You know what I mean? Like I mean, yeah, you know. I just we're I just, all allowed to have our opinions. That's fair, but I, I just feel like they did. They were a lot more expansive as a band. Like most grunge bands, because let's be honest, most grunge was a little before our time. Like. We were just getting into music when grunge was like on the outskirts, you know. Like, yeah, I was alive when grunge was big, but I, I wasn't it on the radio. Yeah, I remember hearing. I remember liking it because yeah. it sounded good. But you know, like I, in high school, people were like, oh, Nirvana this, Nirvana that. Like we, well, it was like they were the same thing as like the Beatles. You're like pushing it, like yeah, or Metallica, the greatest. Fucking the Beatles are the greatest. Don't get me wrong, I like both. Yeah. I do like the Beatles, and I don't understand the Beatles slander. Maybe it's because they're overhyped. I get it. But, uh, like, at the same time, it's just like... I wouldn't say I like the Beatles. I respect their music. I get why it's appealing, but I just don't have the taste for it. It's not uh, my style. I, I do. I like yeah. it. I won't listen to them on a regular fucking basis. Yeah. I mean, I if it comes like on them, I know most of the words. They'll sing along. Yeah. I, I like it. But it's not something... I would never go out of my way to listen to the Beatles, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, I mean, and I just feel like the same thing like Metallica, Nirvana, there's those bands that define a generation. And so later generations want to attach to that, that image, that yeah. idol, you know? And so like Nirvana ended on a high note, not in a good way, but as a band, as a band, yeah, as good. a band, uh, <laughs> brains were pretty, high yeah, up. you know, like a lot of bands, and I see this about most bands that either the band fades, I'm trying not to use that word now, <laughs> fade away really early in their career, especially at a big high point. You you don't see a decline in the quality. You, they're not around long enough to really judge them as an artist <laughs> as a whole. You're judging an album or two albums, you know? Yeah. Whereas, like, Metallica had that fall from Grace because they released so many albums. It's, it's inevitable, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was a hard fall. Yeah, you know? Or a band breaks up, and you're like, they would have been the greatest thing ever. And so in your mind, they are the greatest thing ever. I feel like Nirvana yeah. had... So my generation caught the tail end of grunge. And so Nirvana was the grunge man. So everyone liked Nirvana, but, and I hear people my age talk about, Oh, like, yeah, it's the greatest album of our generation. I'm like, never mind. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, it's really good. It is, but it's not our generation. That was a previous generation, you know, like, um, I was born in 86. So he was what, like six, seven when he kills himself. So like, it was like early, what? 92, 91, 92. It was like early nineties. It was early nineties. So, I mean, I was, clearly not old enough to appreciate his music or his intent. I just know, you know. I was born in 89, so. Yeah, so, I mean, like, we weren't really in that generation that appreciated We weren't buying his albums. We right, weren't right, going right. to see them live. Our fucking generation was the birth of emo. Yeah. And metalcore. Yeah. I mean, at least Alice in Chain, I think, he OD'd in, like, 2000. So, I mean, I yeah. was a teenager. I was, I was enough f- to know about it. Yeah, I was forming an opinion on music while they were still technically making music, you know. Right. And I feel like I got to a point where, which might have an impact. They were my grunge man because they were around. He died as grunge died. You know what I mean? Right. And I that's as I was getting into music. And like I talked about before, I was into super heavy stuff because I feel like if you like this type of music, 
I got to be all in. So the heavier it is, oh, I the more. totally get you. That's exactly how. And I so I, listening to Allison Chains, I was like, oh, I can like stuff that's not super heavy. You know, like I listened to a couple of emo songs, and emo bands, and I like them. And then I saw the used live, and this motherfucker's crying on stage, and I was like, what is this whack shit? And then two songs in, I'm like, oh my god. I want to cry with them. Like, oh, this yeah, is the greatest thing ever. Reaction. I mean, but I'm just saying, you know, like that getting me into other genres, you know, like Alton Chain was that band for me for grunge. Like I could have given zero fucks about grunge other than it sounds okay, but it's kind of slow. And most of these guys, I don't know what's up with their voices. They also don't, they got a sore throat. And then Alton Chains influenced me and I was like, okay, I get it. You know what yeah. I mean? And then he passed away and I was like, I had that with Alton Chains that what everyone else happened with Nirvana, except, yeah. I actually remember it happening because I was old enough to understand the concept of death. I was old enough right. to be sad about something, losing an artist, you know what I mean? Whereas we, in our generation, I mean, it sounds fucked up, but artists stopped dying all the fucking time in our generation. Dude, this is ridiculous, man. Yeah. What's happening now is just fucking wild. Yeah, so it's like, I feel like it goes in, like, areas, you know, like, 60s and early 70s that happened a lot going to the 70s 80s there's some ods but like it kind of calmed down and then grunge became a thing and motherfuckers started dropping like flies again yeah. and i feel like we caught the tail end of that when artists started you know cleaning up and actually you know living long enough to make three albums right. so allison chain's passing supposedly at the end of grunge was such an almost like how people felt about sublime it was that weird thing where holy shit this band that i love no longer exists because this man died and uh, you're actually old enough to understand it. You're old right. enough to appreciate it. So that's what Alice in Chains was for me. And I feel like kind of along those lines, I feel like some bands, when a member does die, I feel like the band should die. Yeah. If I'm being completely honest, I I like Suicide Silence a lot. And I think Eddie is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys could have seen his face when he said that. He, <laughs> I think he's incredible, but I just... I wish when Mitch passed that the band would just have, maybe if they brought Eddie in, they changed the fucking name. Yeah. And I mean, or, you know, you get, I don't know, man, there's so many that it died. Like we came as Romans. He died like what? Two, three years ago now. Yeah. It's been a while. They're putting out a new album, which is not necessarily the same thing. Cause one of the vocalists still alive. But it's not the same. It's not the fucking same. And then it's even worse when I feel like you can go one of two routes. Like you have the under oath route where, I mean, he didn't die, but they got a new lead singer. Yeah, he definitely you know I mean? didn't die. He created a whole other band. That <laughs> yeah, was but pretty you know, fucking like, badass. They, yeah, they get a new lead singer and not, not playing it was it, but you know, they got a new lead singer and his goal was, oh, I want to sound like the old lead singer. And why? You know what I mean? But I get it. You want to keep the names. So you want to keep the sound. And it just didn't work. Like, it was a good album, but it didn't work. But the Find the Great Line was him being, I don't need to imitate someone else. I need to be myself. And right. it is, to, in my eyes, to this day, their best album. That's most people's answer. They're only chasing safety as a special place in my heart. Though. Yeah, but he, but you could clearly tell he was trying to do a vocal style or be someone he wasn't. And it was a good album. I feel like, I don't know, man. I feel like the, the ultimate, holy shit, he's finally, he's finally who he is. And they're all very much adults and mature now. Was lost in the sound of separation. Mm. That was artistically <sighs> even better. I, I and would. I think it 
I would say, yeah, from an objective point of view, subjectively, Define the Great Line was when they became the under oath we know them as. And so that will be my favorite band. I'm going to do the hipster thing and say they were cool back well, then. I remember when it came out. I remember mm-hmm. the album coming out, and I was like, holy fuck. It was right before. It was in 2006 because I was going. My my first like real concert was Warp Tour 2006, and mm-hmm. they played on a main stage after Thursday. And I remember fucking... It was right when the album came out, so I was like, oh, I have to listen to this nonstop so I know what's going to happen. Like, I know the words. Yeah. Dude, I listened to that album, like, nonstop. It came out, I think, like, two months before I got to see them. So it was literally that and only that. So he's like, I need to know every lyric, so when yeah. he sings, I sing. I was reading the li- This was back when people bought CDs. C- CDs? Yeah, what are- compact discs, and you had a Walkman. Is that the floppy thing you put in your computer? <laughs> So you're sitting there. You're also reading the lyric books. That was like when people, when bands oh, actually you, cared about. So lyric did books. like did azlyrics.com used to put out pamphlets? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, man. We are old. Yeah, like go ahead and just keep dating yourself. I don't care, man. Like I remember reading lyric books and like it meant more. Now yeah. I'm like I download it on my phone. I mean, if well, I get curious, I'll read lyrics. Well, now Spotify a lot of bands and songs. If you just like on your phone, you just Roll your finger up and the lyrics are right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the same on which, iTunes. Which I love. So I listen to Japanese rock bands and I just see a bunch of kanji and I'm like, cool. That, that looks deep. That's <laughs> like, cool. Some that song, character looks really tight. Some I've seen some songs where they actually put the English lyrics in and I'm like, that's not what he's saying. I've seen it where it's in Arabic alphabet, but you know Japanese and I'm like, that means nothing to me. But when it's Drake kanji, I'm like, that's when it hits. <laughs> that's when I feel it in my heart. Oh, damn, that's a banger. That 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 curve on that line just thank you Asian Kung Fu generation. <laughs> uh, I mean, it just I will like I said I think it's a better album, but I'm gonna moving for the sake of motion. Uh, that was when I was like, yo, who is this drummer? I need to know this dude's yo. name. Like that. As soon as you said that, I heard it in my head. Yeah, that opening drum line to that song will forever be the moment that I was like, this band is fucking phenomenal I, yeah. they're only chasing safety i was like this is a good band but in my eyes it was like silverstein i liked them they were good they were nothing special yeah. to me that was like discovering the waterfront time yeah and you know what i mean really and, and, and they, they all kind of sounded the same you know i feel like the find the great line was they definitely got a little like heavier but not at the same time with that album yeah, it was a lot more crisp too yeah we like talking like yeah they're only chasing safety it was chaotic and like you said Spencer was trying to be someone he wasn't. Yeah. And so they were still playing the same type of music and it was Spencer's scream on top of it. Yeah. And then define the great line. They kind of were like, let's, let's just play music. Yeah, let's, and they all just went, yeah. but then lost in the sound of separation came out and I feel like everything got perfect. Yeah. I, I would say that was as artists, that was the best album. But as someone listening to art, Define the Great Line was their best album. Yeah, you know, teach their own. Yeah, but I feel like if the albums came out in the reverse, I would give them both to Lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that Define the Great Line came out first. I think Define the Great Line was that bridge between the yeah, old, if, old and then the yeah. perfect. If that album didn't exist, I don't think I would have kept up with them enough to yeah, know that they Yeah, it wouldn't have made any fucking sense. That's such a big leap. Yeah, like I would have... I would have probably still liked them, but it wouldn't have been under oath for me. They needed that yeah. kind of transition. Like, they're only chasing safety was proof that they can still be good. They just need to be different. 
And then to find the great line was, this is what that different is, and it's better. Well, and then writing on the walls was a banger. It was all yeah. over MTV2. Yeah. It was, it won a VMA. Like, that shit was crazy, yeah. and the music videos were bananas. Yeah, I know. It was so weird, especially for knowing, because that was when I learned that they were a Christian band. Yeah. Which, you know, you're named under oath. Fucking, how do you not see that? <laughs> you know, I didn't. I, I, I didn't either. So kudos to them. Yeah, well for done. That. Like, you you didn't hide it in your name, mm-hmm. and nobody caught it. Nope. I'm sure someone's going to make a comment like, oh, oh, well, actually, I knew immediately. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Like, I mean, I knew only because I remember, this is going to be my next question. I'll describe mine first, but where I think the turning point was for I know I want to listen to heavier music this was the defining moment. I bought three three albums, and I bought them at a Christian bookstore. So I knew they were Christian going into it because my dad said, you can buy whatever you want, but it's from this store. He didn't want me listening to, as they said back in the fucking 90s, 2000s, secular music. Ooh, yeah. secular. Yeah, so Linkin Park was out. Say that again, that kind of scared me. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Um, so I was only allowed to listen to stuff I could buy at a Christian bookstore, which was mainly tooth and nail solid state. Just the most of it was that record label and they were putting out great bands. So I remember the first three record, three, not records, but three albums that I bought were they're only chasing safety from under oath. Oh God, the aftermath from Norma Jean. Never heard of them. (laughs) And Emery's the question. I got all three of those in the same day. And I remember I started with Under Oath, and I was like, this is awesome. Then I listened to Emory, and I was like, oh, man, this is really awesome. And then I listened to Norma Jean, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Because you remember Oh, God, The Aftermath? Oh, yeah. It was the first album with Brennan. Yeah. Corey Brennan. Uh, And it was just, nothing made sense. I remember watching the DVD, and they described it as, you take, you write this thrashy music, you throw it in the trash can, and then you pull it out and write all over it. That was what they said, oh God, the aftermath was. And then you listen to it and you're like, oh yeah, now that kind of makes sense because the guitar riffs don't make fucking sense. No, nothing it's on just that album. just sliding up and down. But, I mean, that's what Metalcore was then. Right, well, I love it. It's my I, favorite album from them, even though arguably Redeemer is probably better. Oh, undeniably better. But it's one of those where these are the two times where I go nostalgia takes it for me. And I I get that. Uh, Emery is not that way for me. I mean, I I don't... albums I like more. I don't have a favorite album with Emery. I just... I could literally... Shallow Seas We Sail. If I had to pick, it would be that one. Because that was... I feel like that was... Not to say their peak, because I've done more since. And, like, The Curse of Perfect Days is such a phenomenal song. And, but... I, that is the album that made me want to listen to them, an album from beginning to end. Like, I'd heard other stuff by them. I'd heard the albums, like, you get it, you listen to beginning to end, and then you pick songs out of it. And Chelsea's We Sail came out, and I was like, yeah, I just want to listen to this album. And then at a Zoom, so I had, I put on Emory, and I just shuffled it, and then I was like, and then I remember one day just putting on their entire discography from beginning to end. Yeah. And I'm sitting there playing video games, and I would just literally play just Emory. Like, just put it on shuffle all their albums at the time no just... I, I remember doing that too like i i can listen to a song and it like recalls a memory of what i was doing i was listening to the yeah. song the first time i'll play uh with roots above 
and branches below from Dead Wars Prada. Yeah. And my mind goes to Northrend. Yeah. Uh, I played WoW when I was listening to the album. I was, so, I was literally, I was thinking WoW when I That's literally what always goes back. Plagues. I, I can think of high school. And then there was, there is albums that I remember listening to. Arcade Fire, for example. Never was a fan. I, I liked them. It was when I was trying dabbling in indie music yeah, for the first time. And I can listen to Arcade Fire and it takes me back to, I wasn't allowed to play video games for certain times during the day. So I was reading. Because someone was watching. Mm, <laughs> I, mm, I had a weird relationship with my step stepmom. That okay. was weird. She wanted me to read. So I was reading Harry Potter. The, the nerve of her. Well, it was like, I want like, to play WoW. Like books? Yeah. Fuck you. I can <laughs> Did read. you tell her? I mean, technically there's reading in WoW. You should have just told yeah, her Yeah, I'm but. reading chat right now. <laughs> yeah. The storyline is great. No, I was reading Harry Potter, so like I'll listen they to Arcade Fire. They let you read Fire. Harry Potter? Yeah, this was later. So oh, I remember okay. when it first okay. came out, they were like, you can't, you cannot read this. It's okay. Witches and Wizards. Yeah. Like it's bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorcery is bad. Yeah. I remember when Pokemon first came out, they were like... Fuck no. I but remember, by the time I was in like fourth grade, it was like, no, we're, yeah. they're fucking fake. I remember my mom making a comment about it being dog fighting, and I didn't get that at the time until <laughs> I honestly didn't really get what she was meaning. Until you saw Growlithe literally fighting a nine tails. <laughs> no, not even that. It was Michael Vick. The, when the Michael Vick story oh, broke, God. I remember thinking, I don't know why, but I remember thinking like, oh, my mom. And then like, uh, my, my family's from the Caribbean and there's there's cockfighting out there. Yeah. And uh, I remember never really being around it. I had never seen a cockfight. I just knew people that did it. I knew people that had cocks or chickens for that. Mm. But I'd never been to a match and there's no way my parents were letting me go to that. Right. They're like, absolutely right, right, fucking right, right, not. That right. is terrible, horrible. Like, it's abusive animal. My mom likes animals. Not doing that. But I remember that initially with the Michael Vick thing. I was like, oh, yeah, this is terrible. Right. I remember, thankfully, my parents told me, because of Cox, this is a bad thing. You don't right. do this to animals. And then I just remember thinking, of like, oh, I really like Pokemon. <laughs> like, I, it's such a, I know it sounds like a weird stretch, but it's more of just my life and my childhood yeah, that I can No, with. I can totally understand, because I grew up in a uh, Pentecostal church. To this day, I'm going to be honest. People say Pentecostal, I'm like, I don't know what that means, man. I believe I just, They believe in being, like, the the main baseline is like the p- being filled with the Holy spirit. So Christian. Right. But there is, so it's all Christian, yeah, but yeah. it's like certain, well, there's love. They, they put, <laughs> there's like, there's Christian light. You got, you know, no, it's like, so they each, each yeah, then like you got denominational like put, put a stressor on one thing in particular okay. and Pentecostal was the being filled with the Holy spirit, like okay. speaking in tongues. Okay. So like, cause like, so it's not like Baptist where you got like your fried Christ, you know, <laughs> I'm just, I, and then, well, in Catholicism, the big thing is well, first all of off, the, that's the OG. You can't knock the still OG. Christianity. They are the NWA of Christianity. Bullshit, dude. Don't fucking ever compare NWA. NWA is definitely not that. I mean, but they're there's the that's their Alter Bridge. Alter Bridge. First off, I know you're gonna talk shit, but Alter Bridge kind of fucking I like their first two albums were good. It's all right, man. It's like back in the day. I remember Creed was big. Yeah, and I remember Scott Stapp came to my church. Yeah. Ooh. Really? Yeah. So. So you're basically famous. No, I am definitely fucking not. Uh, I went to a very big church in the Bay Area. California. Oh, I, was, I wanted to say it. I was like, the Bay Area is an area of California. There's yeah. three areas. It's there's a San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, there's a... What's the it? better part? 
excuse you. There's SoCal. There's SoCal the Bay. Garbage. Which I don't know if you guys have ever been to a bay. The user doesn't take up that much space, but the bay area is way bigger than it's the bay fucking itself. Huge. It's a big bay, but the people that say like they say Fres- I'm from the bay area, like where are you from? Like Fresno. Fresno's like, not the fucking bay. If you I've say heard, that shit, smack I've them. Heard people no, they are Fresno not from the bay. That. You know where the Fresno is? The valley. Ooh. We don't talk to those people. Excuse me, I take it back. There's four people. You know There's who else is valley. from the you know who else is from the valley? Corn. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't whoa. like. I don't get it, dude. I'm it not, was corn, Slipknot. Don't get it, dude. It, it was I new just metal. Don't get. It I don't get metal. it, dude. I, I, I get it. I get it. I get all of it because I'm not gonna bullshit. I fucking love corn growing up. I love Slipknot growing it up. Just, I, I, I think it might have just been because I wasn't allowed to listen to it. My yeah. my quote unquote Slipknot gateway was POD. OG POD where oh, it was actually POD heavy. fucking was awesome. Right. Before uh, Satellite. I'm talking before yeah. that. Oh, like when they were Fundamental like, Elements of Southtown, yeah. Snuff the Punk, like the yeah. heavier, as heavy as POD not, can yeah. really be. Not even a heavy song, but my favorite, Sleeping Awake. I remember the Matrix Reloaded soundtrack. I heard that song, and that's what got me into POD. I'd heard some like South, some other songs by them, like Southside or whatever. Southtown. Southtown, yeah. Shit, and dude. I was just like, eh, it's all right. Like, I didn't know it was Christian at the time because I didn't know what POD stood for because yeah. I'd never really listened to it. And then I heard Sleeping Awake and I, it, him saying Zion drew my attention. And I was like, these motherfuckers talking about God. <laughs> <laughs> Almost <laughs> exclusively. Yeah. So I looked at what POD meant and I kind of had the under oath moment of, oh. Yeah. So I, I was like, you know what? I don't, I, I felt obligated not being Christian because I was going to turn away from it. And I was like, don't be that. Don't be that guy. And I went and checked them out and I was like, oh, yeah, they're pretty good. But yeah. that song, the thank you. Matrix because you gave me that and then somehow on the same album you had what fight song by Marilyn Manson which is literally him saying like fuck God so weird album but weird good choices yeah. but songs were good uh, it also brought me to uh, a band called Un Loco they had a song called Bruises shout out good song shitty album shitty band don't ever waste your time I bought that album damn when dude. I was a kid see that was back in the day where you were buying an album yeah you weren't you weren't just like downloading something real quick. You were buying an album, you were paying actual money, and you were hoping the album was a yeah, banger. And, and you, then it fucking wasn't. And I remember always getting, like, I guess we consider, like, mixtapes nowadays. You got, like, compilation albums. Especially, like, Trust Kill was really big. Yeah. You had the Trust Kill Takeover albums. Yeah. And I remember, like, I love Poison the Well. And, like, you talk about, like, you, you find what's in that. You're like, this record label produced an album from this really good band yeah so everything they do must be good and there are some really good bands on there but a lot of it's not you know what yeah. I mean? so i remember every time a trust go takeover i mean that's what led me to throwdown and i fucking love throwdown that's you know? so surprising to me. yeah like i mean that's this is obviously like early 2000s like i want to say from like 2001 my high school 2000 to like 2004 2005 area and i remember throwdown's haymaker album coming out and remember. just like this shit is just fucking heavy it's angry too yeah it's super I, angry and it's everything i needed to be quote yeah. unquote to like metal but it was that but like i said same thing with poison the wall it was unstructured it was loud it was angry but it was still good yeah so i i, I fucking loved it i fucking loved I rem- it i remember the same thing you were talking about earlier um i guess it'd be what two episodes ago when we were just talking about stuff and when you're in high school and you discover heavy music, you're like, I got to find the heaviest thing fucking possible so yeah. people don't think I'm a pussy or, yeah. I'm a, or I'm a poser. Yeah. So I remember like towards the middle to end of, it was probably towards the end of high school, my dad was finally just like, you know, I don't want to hear what you're listening to. 
as long as you listen to it, it doesn't affect you. Could tell it it didn't affect me as a person. It didn't make me a shitty person. I mean, I am a shitty person. Yeah, but you know, it the music was not doing the things that everybody made you think it was doing. Like, yeah, like it, you weren't going out and trying to fucking murder people, yeah, or I wasn't like sacrificing at people. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It was just good music. You liked. It was. I liked the music, and this was the the way I chose. He saw I still liked all the old stuff that I liked before. I still loved Motown. I still loved CCR, and I liked hip hop because I grew up in in the Bay Area during like the big, the birth really of, um, the hyphy movement, which was like E forty got super big out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, E forty that was, was fucking massive. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up during that time when Tell Me When To Go. I remember when my Ghetto Report card came out. Like, I <laughs> loved that shit. I still love E-40. Ah, okay, yeah. That's just one of those, like, if you're from... The Bay. If you're from the Bay, you like a certain... Like, that's your number one. You're from Southern California. Snoop Dogg is probably your top person. Yeah, I feel like all the West Coast music that came out of California is all, like, almost like a region locked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like... If you live in SoCal, you like these rappers. If right. you are from the Bay, you like these rappers. You like Too Short, you like E-40, you like yeah. Mac Dre. If you are from NorCal, why aren't you further south? Yeah, you know, move. I, yeah, like Just move. Everyone has, everyone has their taste. Right. Yeah, I feel that. If uh, you're from the Valley, move. Um, but I remember, like, I, I, there was a couple dudes at the church that I knew listened to even heavier stuff that wasn't Christian. And I was like, dude. Just tell me a couple of bands. So I remember finding out about Job for Cowboy. And I was like, this is literally just screaming. And this is when I first heard a pig squeal. <laughs> and this was also during the MySpace days when people had like random songs as you go to their their page. Yeah, and there was a like, song that was playing. And this is like, this song defines me. Right. Yeah, yeah. And somebody had that. And then I was finding all these weird bands like the MySpace days. Music was fucking weird because you, you could do anything you wanted and you could probably find people that would listen to it. Oh, it's yeah. a band called Preschool Tea Party Massacre. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Horrible name. I'm surprised that they didn't but get they paid. Did. <laughs> what they would do, this was back in the day, like early death core, early metal core where they were putting like um, movie clips before breakdowns or at the beginning of songs. Well, this band did a whole album where it was uh, Danny Glover quotes, mostly from uh, Lethal Weapon. I was hoping you'd say that. Mostly from Lethal Weapon. And I remember it just being ridiculous. It was a lot of pig squeals. It was a lot of chugging. And I remember, like, it's I need to find... Beer. Huh? For those of you... It's, it's, he's talking about guitars. Yeah, beer. guitars being chug, <laughs> chug, 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 chug. And I remember having to listen wanting to find as heavy as I could. And that was, there was a time where it was like, no, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen to the new fallout boy. Cause I don't do that anymore. Yeah. It's I not hard. Cool. This now, but I would secretly still listen to it because I don't give all a right, fuck. We all did. It's fucking right. dude. It's fallout boy. Thanks for the memories, bro. I cried <laughs> because it, that, that album came out like my senior year and it was like right before graduation. So thanks for the memories, bro. We left our graduation and it was me and my two best friends. We found this like sick ass look at uh, like overlook area like in our neighborhood. Was it overlooking the bay? 
<laughs> overlooking the Delta, which is the East Bay. You just said some words, and I'm going to nod my head. Yeah. <laughs> you know what a Delta is? Yes, I know what a Delta <laughs> is. Dickhead, I know, it has, know the words. It has brackish water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we found a sweet area, and we played that, and we fucking cried, bro, because it was that, and then you would obviously play Good Riddance from Green Day. Yeah. Bay Area. Yeah. Fucking Green Day. Yeah. Okay, you guys don't own Green Day. Like, other people The fuck like we Green don't. Day. You're allowed the to, like... fuck other, we don't. Other people were... They were big at that time. Bro, I can literally... Like I All of the fucking... Oh, so, so many music genres that were born in the Bay or so many big bands that you would not realize. Okay, yeah. I, I, no, I get that. I'm just saying, but, thrash. like, other, other people like Green Day at that point. They were big enough that they were... Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was a couple years after American yeah. Idiot. Yeah, like, you're making it seem like... Yeah, I'm just saying, really like, that probably played at your graduation, too, right? Good riddance, time of your life. That was Dookie uh, was definitely while you were in high school. Uh, we heard graduate by Third Eye Blind, and I don't think they oh. knew what the yeah that was at my graduation, and I don't think I they knew that. what he was talking. I remember that album. Though. Yeah, I, I I feel like Third Eye Blind came out and they got big, but I don't think people were listening to his lyrics because it was not happy music. And I remember graduate playing at my graduation, and people like you know doing that slow nod. People were crying, having a sad moment. I was like, I don't think you guys are crying for the right reason. Like, yeah. I don't think you know what he's no. talking about. <laughs> but yeah, we didn't. We didn't have Green Day. We had that, um, and then some Latin music. I mean, I, I, I graduated high school in South Florida, so and then yeah. some rap music. There wasn't. That was like the only rockish song that they played. Um, but yeah, I remember that will always stay with me because that was me knowing what the lyrics were. That song was like, this is. it's like when you finally find out like what pumped up kick yeah like how happy the song sounds but how horrible the lyrics like i tell everyone like hey jealousy by the gin blossoms like it's literally just such a cry for help and then the dude that wrote the song gets kicked out of the band for being an alcoholic which is what the song's about gets replaced someone else is singing his song and gets Mm. famous off of it and he dies you know and it's like there's such a tragedy in that song but people listen to it and they're like beep bopping their head and I'm listening to it like, oh fuck. How about <laughs> like, like when I come around? Yeah. Like literally talking about jerking off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm not sad about that. I usually get I get a little tired, but I never get sad after. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's hilarious how people are like, Oh yeah. 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 I'm like, bro, you know what he's talking about right now? You know now? what would fix all these problems? If people bought albums and then they just read the lyrics and the book <laughs> that came with the albums. We went full circle. It would solve all their problems. Oh man. Uh my intro to metal actually is gated through Incubus specifically. Okay. I, I remember. If you're going that far back, then I, I mean, like, I more mean like the first heavy well, albums that you bought. We're going to go. We're talking about gated, then I'll say no. POD. That's my. Yeah, answer. we're going we're gonna to go on a journey. I'm, I'm only going to say Incubus just because that's when I learned that. I like rock music, and I'm okay with liking rock music. I, I almost felt like, not to take away from the struggle of people, but like I felt like I was in the closet about rock music. <laughs> like yeah. I, I'd heard it plenty on MTV was huge. You could not hear it. And I remember hearing Pardon Me from oh, I them. I love that fucking song. And it was such a slow song, but I remember thinking it was such a good song. But I didn't think of it as a rock song. It was just a good song. So I wanted to hear more. So I checked the first album, which was definitely more of like a funk kind of sound, like uh-huh. punk. And I got started getting into that because I listened to a lot of reggae growing up. My family from the islands. And then I found Ska. 
And then I found Sublime. And then I was like, get the fuck away from me. I want actual ska. And then I went back to real ska. Like and then I. Aquabats. Yeah. I was into them. I mean, I was looking for like a lot of smaller bands, which, you know, back then it's hard to find small music. Uh, I remember later getting into Real Big Fish and going, why? like why do you why i I get you exist you're allowed to but why does anyone go to your shows uh i think our bandits are pharmaceutical bandits literally i remember talking with the guy online about music and like an aol chat to you know back then and uh i remember ourselves even (laughs) yeah uh, and i remember talking about they were talking about sublime and i was like yeah like i like reggae i'm getting in the rock ska is like a perfect gateway and uh Someone mentioned Rock the Cashbah, and I was like, oh, yeah, I like that song, but it sounds kind of like, it's a bit, it's Rock good. Rock the Cashbah? Yeah. yeah. Like, like the Clash? Yeah, man, people, I mean, this, the Clash is kind of ska before it was ska. It's because. It's punk. I mean, yeah, but ska didn't exist back then, so people, he was trying to, like, introduce me to the concept of ska, because I only knew ska by bands. I th- it, mind you, on my side, I'm not saying the word ska, because I didn't know ska was a genre. I was just looking for Funk pop is like not funk pop, but uh, funk like uh, punk is what I was calling it at the time. Like, okay, like kind of like a if Motown meets Bob Marley meets punk music, and they're like, Yeah, it's called ska. And so, someone recommended Damn, that's a really good description, yeah. And so, someone recommended uh, The Clash to me, and I was in the police, and I was like, Okay, I'll check it out. I liked it, I was like, It's a little old, not my style. The police seems like a solid representation of that. Yeah, and they were giving more of that older sound to it. And I think a lot of the clash specifically was them being British. They kind of have that. As fuck. Yeah, their accent comes through. Like a lot of British artists nowadays, especially in heavy music, you wouldn't know they were British. But back then, especially with singing, a lot of them, you could hear the accent, which kind of, in their minds, anything with an accent that's punk is kind of like ska. Because ska is imitating like a Caribbean accent. And then I found some other bands where it was just some, like, middle-class stoner white dude that, like, heard Bob Marley and liked rock and made this album. And it just, it sounded almost like he was mocking, like, reggae. And I just couldn't get into that, you yeah. know, like. And I'm not saying Sublime is that, but that's how I felt about Sublime. And I just, I couldn't get into it. Their songs were dumb. I didn't think they were a good band. I just never got into it. And then he introduced me to RX Bandits. And that was my fucking shit. Song like Discrendo, I was like, this shit is the fucking bomb. There's like a trombone. There's like Damn, a. So you must like Sound of Animals fighting. Right? Yeah, like I that. love that. Yeah, shit and so, so like much. I was like anything but the fucking brass. And then I got into like that kind of like bassy snapping and popping kind of like punk. You know, like and Incubus's first album. A lot of bands that I liked, I had to go check out their first album. Incubus's. So I'd heard their second album with Pardon Me. So I went, it was like Cal Gone. Morning View so, or whatever. Yeah. And then so I went and checked. I think Morning View was her third, maybe second. I don't fucking know. It might be second. I don't think yeah. it's her third. Uh, and then it's Science with Cal Gone on it. And then Shades, Certain State of Green. And I just remember like listening to the basses go off. And I was like, then I got an AFI. And then uh, I remember hearing Poison the Well. Poison the Well, really fucking. Yeah. It was. I think that album came like 2001. So I was in high school at this point, and I remember being. I'd heard Slipknot and that, and I I I listened to it, and I quote unquote liked it because it was heavy. You know, what I mean, that's when I was openly listening to Slipknot and Corn and that kind of shit because it was heavy mm. and it was about dark shit and it was fucked up, so it was cool. But really, what I was enjoying was that. You know what I mean? 
And then so, I mean, Slipknot was my gateway into heavy metal. You know what I mean? It was. New metal was it's my gateway. It's most people's. And uh, so I remember hearing Poison the Well, and I was like, this sounds nothing like Slipknot. This is so different. And then I heard El Nino and American Head Charge and Soulfly and all these other, like, heavier sounds. But they weren't really metalcore like Poison the Well. And then I got that Trust Guild Takeover. And then I just remember listening to that over and over and over uh-huh. again. And some of it was soft. Some of it was heavy. But anything where someone fucking screamed like Nora, nobody pays attention to the drummer. I was like, that is what I fucking want. And I want nothing about that. And then 18 Visions and shit like that. And I was like, fucking, I only want this. Yeah. I only want this. And then I found Fear Factory. And I was like, fuck metalcore. I want industrial. I want drums. I want that. And then Spine Shank. And it just, honestly, uh, what was it? Roadrunner Records that Roadrunner. had a lot of those. Like, I did the same thing with them that I did with Trustkill, except they were definitely softer for the most part. And I would only listen to like, their heavier stuff. And Slipknot got me into them. And I, at that point, it was just, I only want shit they're screaming. I, if they're fucking singing, they're fucking weak, and I don't want to hear that. That's Which is girl. really ironic to hear you say that. <laughs> I, know, I know. Because you're the fucking opposite of that now. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But, I mean, like I said, I needed to feel edgy. I needed the hardcore I know, shit. And I can feed that. <laughs> I know, I and, I, and I'm, I'm getting so, back into it. I, yeah. I still like it. I just, I, I love the, the offset that most post-hardcore punk and metalcore gets into where it's both. Because, I mean... I in flames. I was always a huge fan of because they yeah, had such a dis- he had such a distinct voice in that genre. Yeah, he definitely and does. then you know the European, so he just sounds weird. And yeah. I just he screamed different, but he sang and it was beautiful. And that's when I was like, oh, I like this blend of both. You know, like Corey sang in Slipknot, and then Stone Sour came out, so I knew he had a good voice. But he definitely does. But I wanted the hard shit. So like that Stone Sour album, first album came out, and it was phenomenal. But it sounded like if Slipknot was structured, you know what I mean? Yeah. It didn't sound unique enough to me. It kind of had the same effect that like a perfect circle does with tool. I definitely think a perfect circle is better. I absolutely think they are. And I think, I think tool is fine. I, I think tool is a good instrumental band, but I don't really, their songs are too fucking long and they're too drawn out and it's melodramatic. Like a perfect circle is just, Hey, we're going to make a good song and talk about stuff. Like yeah. when Judith came out and that fucking music video, I was like, Holy Fuck. Why can't Tool just be the just give me a fucking song yeah. that's good and tell me a story in that song? Yeah, I know. And then and then the outsider came out and then I think it was like the Resident Evil 2 movie, they did a remix of it. And I was like, holy yeah. fuck, dude. And so I was like, fuck Tool. I just stopped listening to Tool at that point. And I was like, I just need a perfect circle. Because it's everything Tool is, but just better. It's and all my friends are like, but it's softer. You don't like that softer shit. And I think Yeah, but Maynard isn't as much of a cuck. Yeah. And I just feel like definitely the use is what made me openly be okay with liking softer stuff. Everyone, I had my hint here and there, but that was when emo was blowing up and the use came out and then fucking Simple Plan came out. And Oh my God, dude. And then My Chemical Romance 3 Chair oh, for geez. Sweet Revenge came out and I ran back to metal because it was such a good album that everyone liked it and I needed to get the fuck away from that because it was popular. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, yeah. That was one of those things that just got like ingrained in us when we were in high school. It was like we got we can't we're posers if we like what everybody else likes. Mm-hmm. But secretly, dude, like fuck that. 
It was such fucking, a good album. My Chemical Romance is fucking amazing, and I don't understand when people shit on him. Yeah, I feel like it's like how we felt back then, where it was like it's fuck it, it's too cool, fuck that, it's yeah. it's garbage, it's garbage. Like, it, it's what popular. are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, it's so good. Yeah. I, I'm the type of person that will give anything a shot, just about anything. If it's Five Finger Death Punch, you can go fuck yourself. Mm, the first album, pass, okay. hard pass. The lyrics are. Fucking terrible. Oh, I mean, I'm not defending it's that. It's straight cringe. I can't do it. It is. It, it really feels like you took everything that makes what was like hard rock or new metal popular and put it in a blender and spat it out. Yeah, that's and why I can't do it. Yeah, it's kind of like, I suppose it felt like Enigma. I don't know if you remember that band. It sounds familiar. Yeah, it, it, it was like this band, and I just remember they came out with this album, and it felt like someone tried to be corn without being corn yeah if that fuck, makes sense yeah it's like they wanted to be new metal because corn existed yeah. but they wanted to show that they weren't corn yeah and they had the song pain i think it was called and i remember liking the song and then i heard it four times and i remember hating the whole album because of it at yeah. the same time so it yeah. was, uh, but they were they weren't they weren't bad yeah but it was definitely that kind of same sound where you, you could just tell it felt like a producer made this album like if you like corn you will like this album but it's not corn is how i felt about yeah. it yeah and to see that was those were all those things that were becoming popular when I was in high school, and I remember like trying to pretend that I didn't love it, like I had to I tried to pretend that I didn't love Panic at the Disco or I didn't love Fall Out Boy, and then I found I didn't a have certain to pretend I didn't like Panic at the Disco. I, cer- I found a certain group of friends that were like, "No, dude, this sh- this shit slaps. We're gonna continue to seek this out." Yeah, and that's when I started going to shows. That's when I went to Warp Tour '06, and that shit changed everything for me and then i would go to like i saw silverstein with rise against and comeback kid and then rise i was against fucking holy shit i saw there i saw freaking um who was the headliner of that show chiotos when chiotos did bone palace they toured for bone palace ballet you don't say that band to me you already know how i feel i don't understand why like, we had this with the whole Craig Owen thing we were like dude like the greatest band ever i never fucking said that uh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh we're talking about something oh i said that when he did that paradise song and then oh no it was drugs you were shitting on i fucking on do drugs. not get it dude <sighs> it's such a good i'd rather album. listen to isles and glaciers than fucking drugs i think it's such a good album it's fucking but <laughs> anyway anyway so chiotos was headlining for bone palace ballet and then they had Scary Kids, Scaring Kids, Emery, and Emery was touring for that weird rock album they had. Well, they went like more of like, we're just like an actual It's just rock. like a pop rock, pop punk album. Which I'm one? Only a Man, I think it was the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They toured with that, and in, uh, it was Devil Wars Prada, and they were touring Plagues, I think. And I saw that in a very small venue. That was crazy. That changed a lot of things for me because I saw him in a small. It was the first time I ever been to like a really small venue. Like I, like a closer. You're like you can almost yeah. like you're like you feel like I, I could reach out and touch. Right. Them. Yeah. It wasn't quite as small as El Corazon, but it was close. It was a bit bigger than that. Yeah. See, my only like issue remembers of like smaller venues growing up was. Bands either coming up or fading away. Like, I remember seeing Nonpoint uh, at some smaller venues. Uh, I definitely am so sad I had a chance to see Under Oath after their first album. And I wish I had, I had a chance to see Ezra uh, Dying. 
uh, when I was, I want to say like 13, 14, when they were before they dropped wow. uh, Frail Shadows. So they were touring Shadows. Uh, Shadows security. Yeah. And then I ended up seeing them, I want to say, uh, remember Taste of Chaos? Yeah, I never got to go. Yeah. I saw them on Warped 07. Yeah, and I think it was right after their second album had come out. Uh, I went to Security. It was their second yeah. album. Yeah, oh, I'm saying, though, but the first album, I got to see them, Frail Words Collapse or whatever. Uh, okay. It was when I could have gone and seen them. Oh, damn. But I did. Uh, I think I, they were on, like, Headbangers Ball's first album, and I remember really liking that song, and then I listened to the whole album. Power Nut, or it was, uh, like, that song Forever or whatever yeah. was on it, and I remember, like, oh, it's literally... Th- one song turned into a whole album. That's <laughs> what right. I felt like until I heard "Distance Is Darkness," and then I was like, "This shit fucking slaps!" Yeah, like it changed my view on the whole fucking album. Yep. But when that second album came out, I was like, "I fucked up." Because I went back and listened to their first one. They do. They definitely sound different. It's very different. But I had I love the second album, but it made me appreciate how different the first album was. And I mean, at the time, you know, like I expected a band to just be good. I didn't understand that growth was happening. I, I'd grown with some bands. I'd seen some bands grow, but I was like, if I'm going to fucking listen to some heavy shit, you need to be developed and do what you're doing, you know? And so I went back and I was so upset that I didn't see them as their first album. So I definitely caught on Monte to chaos that year. And I remember being, I was an adult at this point. I think I was, I want to say 20, 21. I want to say 20. I'm pretty sure. Cause I think it was for shadows are security. Yeah. No fucking possible. I'm no pretty shot. sure. Wasn't that 06? No shot, dude. Then no, it might have been that the was, third album. That was Ocean Between Us. Was it Ocean Between Us? Because I saw them in 07 and they were playing Ocean Between Us. Uh, What year did that album come out? Shadows then? Are Security, I was like, it was maybe 03, 04. Uh, no, they were, no, it came out in 05. So yeah, that would make sense. It was 06. Shadows Are Security did? Yeah, 2005. Damn, I feel like I was listening to that through struggle yeah, breakdown way I, I, earlier. I, was, I remember I was definitely, I wasn't. I'm, okay, no, it makes sense. I was because then two years later, they put out Notion Between Us, yeah, and, and I saw them 07. Warped. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure I saw album. them at 06, so they didn't play anything from that album. I just remember hearing songs from Shadows of Security, and I remember thinking when through struggle played like holy fuck that breakdown at the end. That was the first <sighs> time I heard a real breakdown. Yeah, and I was like, holy fuck. I'm. I just remember having a moment where I was in the pit and I just stopped moving. Cause I saw it actually here where we, where we live now. And, uh, I remember like literally stopping for a moment. Like I could have seen these guys like a year ago and I fucked that away. Yeah. And I just remember getting sad. And then my second memory from that is I fucking love Deftones. I spent some time in San Antonio and there were other bands from the fucking Valley. Yeah. And they were fucking huge in Texas. Like, so like Southern so Tex, we're going to call it. Which is weird. Yeah. Uh, I, I know. They were huge. I remember when Adrenaline came out, so many of my friends that were like, I was kind of like in, like we were just music friends, I'll call them. Like we didn't hang out. We didn't have the same groups. We just, lunchtime, we get together, talk about music, and then we went back to our separate lives. You know what I mean? It was one of those. And I remember one of my friends bringing a, a Adrenaline to me and being like, yo, there's this garage band called Deftones. Our brother fucking introduced me to him and it's such a good album and I remember it felt like so like unproduced and just raw and unstructured it was and i remember just thinking this is the greatest shitty album i've ever heard in my life i feel like that's almost exclusively what they write yeah and like their first two albums were just good in a bad way <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then i remember it was a white pony was the third album and that's yeah. when i that's when I stopped listening to them. Not because it was bad, but it just, they became a structured actual band. Yeah. I remember every they girl. They became what Deftones is now. Yeah, and every girl in my school loved that fucking album. 
And then oh, I, it probably played a part in it, but I just remember like, why, why, why does this make sense? What, like go back to what you're doing where it's literally just some dude strumming a guitar and you singing over it with no purpose or content, you know, like, and yeah, I know. I totally get that shit where you just stop liking something because it becomes super popular. Yeah. People just get really fucking annoying. About and I, it. I remember seeing them actually in Texas and after the concert, some kids had walked by and they're like, yo, like the lead singer was just over there riding my skateboard. I'm so cool. Thinking like, holy shit, they're right out there. Of course they fucking weren't. So me and my friend go fucking running around the corner to go see him. And it's just like three dudes eating Taco Bell on the curb. And I'm like, is this racist? Cause they're Mexican. <laughs> like you just let some random Mexican dude eating Taco Bell fucking hop on your skateboard and just assume he's the lead singer of Dead Tone. fucking hilarious. Like, but I, I just remember getting so excited to go. And then, that for context that, when I saw, it was it was an amazing show, you know? And then I saw them at Taste of Chaos that year with Ezele Dying, and they headlined. And it was just so muddled, and it was after Hexagram had come out, so they were super huge, so they were headlining, this, like, metal concert. And I just remember thinking, like, I love fuck is this happening? Like I couldn't hear what they were saying for shit. He sung so fucking low. There was no energy in the show. And I just remember being so fucking upset that they played after as I lay dying. And I know it's petty and it's dumb, but I felt offended personally as a fan. No dude, I get it because there's nothing worse than a, a headliner being the worst part of a show. Yeah. And then the best part of a show, cause story of the year actually was there. And I, I remember liking them a little bit, but never really being into them. And then kind of like my, how I felt about Beartooth at that same concert we were talking about before, I fell in love with that band because of what they did on stage. Yeah. You know I mean, like, like that's uh, it. So I can give you examples of both of those situations. A band that I fell in love with only for their live performance was Comeback Kid. Because I had listened to the the like album that was out at that time. It was like 2007. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I saw him and I was like, what is this? Yeah, dude. It's that energy. And then that I is, remember... That is Beartooth for me from the yeah. from that concert. Yeah. Like when I saw them with... Uh, it was Under Oath and Bring Me the Horizon. Yes, it was, yeah. yeah. And I felt the same way. I felt like Under Oath should have been the closer on that. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, say what you will about... The Bring the Horizon that was out at that time, but that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Oh, no, it the was, presentation was that amazing. That shit was awesome. And it, he played fucking Pray for Plagues. He played old stuff. Yeah, I know, which was so weird, because all I remember all everyone talked about was like, he, he fucked scream his scream. Yeah. yeah, he fucked his... And, I mean, it's definitely up. not the same, no. but he, for what it was, it was great. Yeah. But I do, I just, I felt like a lot of the energy was from the presentation around the show. Which like the fine. lights. Honestly, that was fine. But if Underworld had headlined, it would have been the same way in reverse. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I, I just saw them. I just saw Under Oath well, like fucking three months ago now, and it was pretty close to the same. That was yeah. that was a fucking show. That was yeah. the best I've ever seen Under Oath. What, three months ago or back yeah, then? Yeah, three oh. months ago. So, like, that's how I feel about Under Oath. Having seen them, I'd probably say I've seen them more live than any band, and uh, just over the years, and then, you know, living in Florida, and then just... Yeah, you had ample opportunities. Yeah, I only saw them, just I think, like, three or four times. That being one of those bands that I followed throughout their whole career, yeah. and they were never one of my favorite overall of all time, right. but they were always a band that was consistent. I always liked them. They never made an album I didn't like, 
And so if they were going on tour and I was going to see a concert that year, it was going to be that show. Yeah. So Under Oath is that band that if they're in my area, I will go to that show if I can. Yeah, there's a couple of bands for me that are like that. So I think, I, I think it for me, um, the bands that if they're in the area will go is luckily now we live in fucking Texas. Fit for a King is one of them. Yeah. And they're from here. So, and I've only seen them live once ever. Dude, I've seen them, I think seven, eight times. Holy fuck. And they I get better every time. Good. Yeah. I, uh, I, I want to go see more now that I can. Well, they'll be here. They're, know. they're about to tour. They're not headlining, but they're, they're, on I don't, the tour. I don't care. I will literally pay. I'll leave walking. after they yeah. play. <laughs> I mean, I, will I think they're playing with I Prevail, so I'll be leaving after they play. But they do such good covers of Taylor Swift. And they play, like, Diet A Day to Remember. Well, first off, no one plays, like, Diet A Day to Remember like A Day to Remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. So they're, like, they're like uh, Diet A Day to Remember Zero. Yeah. Yeah. And then what was the other band? Fuck, I can't think of Chunk, no, name. Captain Chunk. That's my shit. Right yeah, there. I was going to say, the one That's band shit, every dude. time. Yeah, you That's were my like, best. They're the better version of it. Yeah, I remember. When I posted that shit, and yeah. people freaked out. And when I told you I liked them, you're like, they're just a day to remember, but French. And I was like, Ooh. true. <laughs> they are. It just hurt when you said they're French it. and better. Yeah. It just hurt. Cause I, I didn't, you didn't say the better part in the moment. So when you, I took it offensively, not because they're French, there's nothing wrong with France. They make good baguettes. It was just, they have good bands. Gojira is French. Too. Yeah. It just, in the moment when you said yeah. it, I took it as a jab. Cause you were clearly not going to day to remember. Just and I was a day to remember. And then, uh, all right, maybe not fucking day to remember. It's just like, it's not. Yeah, they're, they're not, not the, the same. same yeah. I, 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 honestly, their second album is, well, I guess technically be their third because they had that like one underground album. Then they got big on their first album. The one fucking the like super overproduced poppy album they did where they're like, we didn't want to make this album. You're talking about homesick. Yeah. No, fuck no. That's that, when I stopped. Yeah, that's the only album they've done that I just one hundred percent do not like. Uh, yeah, up until, like uh, Common Courtesy. Common Courtesy. That was the next album. No, they had the other one, uh, What Separates Me From You or whatever the fuck it's called, with the, with like the oh, dude in the yeah, hourglass. You're right. you're right. And I that, I thought that was such an, everyone gave that album so much shit, but I thought it was such a good comeback of them saying like, no, we're still a band. We're not that band we were before, but we're still a real People band. People swear by music. Homesick. Yeah, and it's because that's what everyone got into because that was their breakout album. That was Mine their, was the album before that. Yeah, it was... Yeah, uh, and I, I feel like Homesick was, that's when they hit, the, it was their mainstream album. Like, you know, every band has that mainstream album. Some of them. I mean, like, Define the Great Line? Yeah, you know what I mean? That was it for them. And then What Separates Me From You came out afterwards, and I just remember EB Sonic, Ivy Tales, and I was like, this song fucking bangs. They still got it. It's in there. And then Common Courtesy came out, and it had heavy moments, but it was clearly a more mature sound. So I, I hated it when it came out. And I remember when me and, and one of my best friends at the time listened to it and him just being in love with it. That's because the Data Remember fans love anything they put yeah. out. And you uh, guys are allowed <laughs> to hate stuff. It's okay. Uh, and I, 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 just think I wasn't a huge fan. I thought it was okay. But I when I went back and listened to it, kind of like uh, like you've done with albums with me that I said I wasn't a big fan of, you know, I, I went back and listened to it not – Listen, their, think of their old discography, nothing just as an album. And, you know, kind of like, like, what Moss, did you go back like and Moss listen of Flames. to? That's what it was, right? Yeah, you like went Moss back and Flames. listened to it and you're like, oh shit, no, I was wrong. Yeah. Cause I remember their first two albums were just so fucking heavy. The third album was not as good, but still heavy. And then was, was that album called again? I can't remember. Which one? The, an Eye for an Eye? 
Are you talking about the one where they came back and it was incredible? Uh, no, Eye from Eye was phenomenal. Uh, I love it. Like, uh, the dying thing we live for was when they kind of... Whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Uh, Dark Divine is a more speaking Dark specifically Divine. that Ooh. I just didn't like because... Uh, was it the the dying things we live for came out and I was like it's not as good but it's still heavy and, and then you went back and listened to Dark Divine you were like fuck yeah and I remember Dark Divine first came out and I was like fuck this album it's soft dude I love the dude's it. sad and then yeah I remember we were sitting at work and I remember mentioning that that's when they fell off from me and you were like go back and listen to it and when when I thought about it just as an album and listen to the lyrics. And I was like, one, someone hug this man. Please, someone hug this man. He's, he's been so angry for so long. Yeah. And he and, went, I do, and I for an eye, that came out. And I was still a Christian at the time. <laughs> I was like, bro, chill. <laughs> yeah. Chill out, dude. Like, uh, and, and I mean, even you could clearly tell him getting out some issues with religion through yeah, his albums. The and, whole album was that. Yeah. And then same thing with, uh, I mean, Dark Divine had that one song about false idols or whatever, you know? Yeah, but literally an eye for an eye is straight up just... Oh, yeah. Uh, the religion took everything from me, so fuck them on yeah. all levels. And then it was just so weird because the things we're fighting for came out, and you mentioned Scott and talks about it a little bit, but Dark Divine was just... It's like all the anger was gone, and all that was left was sadness. It is yeah. such a depressing album. I don't give a shit. It's so... But that's what makes it so amazing. Perfectly and done. I had production I had, is so good. Yeah, I had the hindsight of wanting him to be angry, so I hated it. And then when I thought about all the anger from the previous albums and listened to it, it made so much fucking sense. Yeah. Because when you, you void finally got a release, yeah, and you void out that anger, and it's it's like hate. Like when you have nothing but hate. And I'm not saying he hated anything. When you have anger or hate, or very any clearly did. <laughs> try, yeah, well, I'm not gonna say that. But <laughs> if you have any strong negative emotion, and that it defines you, you live by it. It's your core. And then you lose that, be yeah. it through either it going away, losing interest, or just that spark burning off where you just don't feel it. Like, you're left with sadness. Like, yeah. we've all had the thing that made us angry or we hated it, and it either went away or it died or it just fell out of the media, and you just felt empty because if I can't hate this thing, what do I have? And I'm not saying it defines your whole life, but you feel a void in that, and you could hear that in Dark Divine. And in False Idols, a little bit of the anger came out, almost like he wanted that hate to still be yeah. there. But clearly, he just didn't have the hate for religion anymore. Even that song's pretty soft. And it's one of the heaviest on the album. And you can clearly see, like, there was a void in this man's life yeah. to some degree. And he put it all out on that album. And it is so fucking phenomenal. So to everyone, thank you, Lance, for, yeah. for making me go listen to yeah. that album again. Because I had I listened to it twice, and I never downloaded it again. I removed it from my life, my discography, and I just, it's fucking done. And um, maybe we'll come out with another good album, but this album will always be homesick to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it'll be that album. And then I went back and listened to it, and I was like, to me, it, it'll be, I don't think they'll ever come out with an album that, they'll come out with better albums maybe, but they'll never have an album that I feel an emotional reaction to like yeah that. it's that's that's kind of one of those like uh like uh the plot in you where like they've released a lot of really good stuff um but they put out um damn what was that album hold on i gotta i gotta pull it up because yeah, it's hard to like think of like a specific like when you have so, so many bands many in your albums head or in my yeah. head um yeah but it's like it's so uh, it dispose uh, okay, okay. So that one came out at, like, the most perfect fucking time for me, too. I was going through a breakup. It was with that person. <laughs> um, 
your breakup of our friendship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it came out and it was, it was one of those that hit like on every level. The person, the dude, he clearly went through the same shit. Yeah. So it was like a, this came out the perfect time. And I, same thing with like, what separates me from you from, you know, a day to remember like that album, you can clearly tell, I mean, the album's just about a breakup, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, 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 on one hand, I hate an album that is literally just someone broke up with me and I'm sad. But at the same time, sometimes it can be the most beautiful thing because it just if it comes out at the right yeah, fucking time, yeah, in your life, and then that that turning my tragedy into art aspect, like with that album and like with Dark Divine, like I'm not saying you should turn your tragedy into art to sell. I'm not saying it's your responsibility if you're an artist to do that. That's what if Brand you, New's been doing for years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you need tragedy to define you as an artist, then I just don't think you're a good artist. But a good artist can take that tragedy and turn it into something beautiful, right? But you're not, as a fan, I'm not owed that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and and even even those bands will tell you like, um, each album comes out at a certain time during their life, so it definitely reflects. It may not be yeah. exactly what they're going through, but the lyrics, the style of music will be yeah. very much reflected yeah. into I mean, the music. Yeah, I mean, look at the youth; like, they were the definition of emo when they came out, and you're like. Fucking poetic tragedy. I was like watching him sing that on stage. I was like, yo, this dude's seen some shit. He's been through some shit. Yeah. And then, you know, they got big, they got famous, and they still try to be that same emo band. And this is never the, the issue of emo as a whole. And I feel like that's why people give My Chemical Romance so much shit too, is you're not that sad guy. You know what I mean? You can't be. You have to be something different. And I feel like I'm going to throw it out there. Senses fail tried that. I don't think it always worked, but try to to like be more than just that emo band. You know what I mean? Oh, they absolutely did. And, they and had they put out an album that was straight up just hardcore. Yeah, or or Renancer. I know you yeah. hate Renancer, whatever. I know you. I don't hate it. It came when it came out. It I was it, expecting. It, I was. It came out after uh, a waiting room. Yeah, right? yeah. Life's only a waiting and room. And that came out. It was literally like, uh, let it enfold you, and then it was. Um, can't be saved, right? Yeah, yeah. All, the one with calling all cars. Yeah, and still saved. searching and all that. Still yeah. searching, yeah. So that, and then it was Lisa Waiting Room. So it was all still them. And then he, Buddy was like, "Nah, we're gonna do something different because I'm a different fucking person." Well, he did that. He, in his offense, he tried to do it in a different band. With was it like Bayonetta or whatever the fuck that shit? Bayonetta was is tight though. Yeah. Well, that when that first album came out, I hated it for the same thing because yeah. then I was like. The fuck is this? This isn't census fail. Right. But my dumb ass is like, of course not fucking census fail. He wanted to do something different, so he made another band instead of making census fail that. And then that album came out as census fail, and I was like, oh, you're just gonna do this. But I get it. He needed to do something different, and I'll I will always respect it as an album for him doing something different. I always have a, a piece of me that will enjoy it for it being census fail. A piece that I'll enjoy it because it's something different. But I do think it is a good album, but a terrible census fail album. Yeah, you definitely have to take it for what it is. Yeah. It's it's like when uh, the topics are good. Yeah, no, it's a it's a dope album for what it is. It's yeah. like when Under Oath put out. Uh, oh, my brain is starting to. I mean, I shut down. Even the last album that they came out with the the one they came out with after their like 
Oh, I think the breakup with Christ or whatever. That yeah. One? Yeah. Fucking... Uh, I can't think of what it's called. I was thinking of Disambiguous, what you were going to mention at first, but that was way before that. What, Disambiguation? I liked yeah. that album. No, I liked it, but, but it was def- it definitely sounded because Aaron had left. Aaron so it left, was... so yeah, they went a whole different direction. But my thing was that one where they came back. Like, it's so not under oath. But you almost but love I it for that. But I can pull it off to the side and be like, this is a good album. Is it a good under oath album? Yes and no. Yeah. They were trying something different. They were in a different place. They were in a very different place. Yeah. And I, I like that the music reflects that. Yeah. And I like it for what it is. And yeah. it came out. I, I remember when it came out. I remember when the single dropped. I was like, you know, I like this. So I hated it when the single came out. I liked the single, but it was the first time I ever heard Under Oath cuss. And I was like, what? Uh, it wasn't because of that. I don't have a problem. I hated it because it. It didn't like it was one I heard the song and I was like, This isn't what I want it to be. And then I yeah. went back and listened to it and it's like, I don't need it to be what I want. He gave me what I needed and this is amazing. Yeah. And, and it I, took me a just, couple of full listens to be like, Oh, I get it now. Yeah. And I, I definitely I try not to, but I still do it where like I I always listen to an album as a fan of as a fan of the band first mm. and then a fan of music after. Yeah. And I need to do it backwards because it always Fucking kills me because I did it, uh, you know, with uh, Norma Jean with the anti mother, and I hate and no, 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 no. Let me finish. I didn't like it as a fan, and I didn't like it as music. So I realized so bad. Okay, it's not terrible. It's it's it's, so bad. It is. You could, but if you go back and listen after Mary Donnell, you can clearly tell what they were going for. I do, and Mary Donnell, they got it right. Yeah, and it was literally like uh, it was it was a failed attempt. I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. No, it is as bad as people say it is. I don't think. Here's my thing: what Norma Jean. So you know he has like two side bands. Yeah. Now, because he has Orphan Twins now, which is fucking sweet haven't checked them out yet but they he had another band that came out like right or right after right yeah like right around the time of uh mary donnell it was called hundred sons and it was literally like this is what anti-mother should have been it was guitar riffs and him like well, his singing Donald was what anti mother should have been, but that was like a perfect mix of both, of both yeah, old I, and new. Yeah, I feel like Mirror Donald was a good kind of like it was the, the it was their defining the great line album. It was that I don't know. I feel like Redeemer was their defining the great line. I know because I feel like Wrongdoers was so different. Wrongdoers like, was very different. I did not like it at first. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. Uh, no, I, I I liked half of it. And I didn't like the other half because instead of them blending the genre, I feel they blended the album. Like there's some yeah. pretty heavy songs and then there's some softer songs, but they almost feel like they should be on two different albums. Yeah. And that I didn't like that aspect of it. All the songs yeah. individually I liked, I just it's it's an album in theory you can listen to from beginning to end, but it doesn't flow for me. Cause like it starts off heavy, then it gets soft and it builds back up, which is a good flow for an album. But it's almost like a whole different genre within the same album, which isn't wrong to do. It just didn't feel right coming off of Mary Donald. Yeah, they're not wrongdoers for doing that. <laughs> but I don't. But Wait, I think we have that sound. Oh, uh, do we? Oh, we're gonna start fucking around with shit and just make like all you know, like. Oh. Hey. Well, I'm gonna use that next time. <laughs> uh, but it, it, and that like, Redeemer was still. Straight metalcore. It was still heavy. It was different. 
I I mean, like, I remember when it came out and it was like my pregame hype. Yeah, it was hype as shit. But there was no soft vocals, really. It wasn't really singing. There was no melody to it. Like, the anti-mother attempted it and failed. Uh, and Miradonna got it right. Yeah, so Miradonna definitely got it right. I feel like they did the same thing. They just stayed more consistent than Underworld did initially, you know? Like, their only chasing safety in the Find the Great Line was such a huge shift. Whereas I feel like they tried to more flow it. And Mario Donna was that perfect middle ground of what yeah. they were and what they were going to, where I feel like Redeemer was their version of their only chasing safety. I feel like that was, I know yeah, it was, that's it what took, I said, it's their only chasing safety. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, thought you're, I was saying they're, oh, I, no, I said it was, it was their defined. I think, oh God, was still just them being what Norma Jean was. Like, yeah, no, and, no, but no, the difference is he had the voice to still do it. So it was fine. Yeah. You didn't really, like, if you didn't know they changed lead singers, like, from being it's into it. It's pretty damn close. You so would yeah. not, yeah. Like, they're only chasing safety. You can clearly tell. They got a new lead singer. Yeah. With Oh God, the Aftermath, you couldn't tell without knowing, you know? And then with Redeemer, that was like, oh, it's definitely somebody different, yeah. you know? And you could hear it. And that's when they kind of did the same thing. Like, maybe we should change our sound. And then I feel like Miradonna was, hey, we're changing our sound. And it was phenomenal. Wrongdoers came out and they did, they almost reverted where half of it was, Hey, we're going forward. Mm -hmm. And then half of it was like a route to their older fans mm -hmm. of Redeemer and Oh God. Yeah. But it just didn't blend well on that one album. Well, the best part was then they went back like old school. Yeah. After the fact, they and definitely went back to how they, they went back to like a, a, a Redeemer style. Yeah. Which I love. I loved it. And like my, Oh God is a very important album for me. See, I just don't have a big emotional tie to that album. Like I, I liked it, but like Redeemer is what got me into them. Right. And I thought, you know, usually band, you get into an album, you go check out their older stuff, you like it. But right. I just thought Redeemer was a better album. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it. I mean, so that was my issue. I can be subjective and tell you you're right, yeah. but it's one of those. But honestly, for me, so they they disappeared for a little while. At least off my radar, because I wasn't huge into wrongdoers. Then they had Polar Similar. That shit was awesome. Mm -hmm. But then they put out fucking two, three years ago now, All Hail. Yeah. That was like... And once again, thank you, because I had no idea that drop two you told me. Holy shit. That was so good. It was literally what you want Norma Jean to be. Yeah. It was perfect. It was like this last Under Oath album. It was... Norma, fucking Under Oath is back. Christian Rock is back as a whole. I mean, I don't think it ever really died. It was just kind of <laughs> under the radar. Yeah. Because you had Silent Planet. Silent Planet's been going for a while. Oh Sleeper was a bridge yeah. band. Like, that's a very important band for me. And then you have Fit for a King. I mean, Fit for a King was... August Burns Red never went away. I was never a huge fan of them, though. Oh, like, they're, they're like... Them. I put them with Devil Wears Prada. Like, I get why people oh, like them, but it's Devil just... I know. They're those bands are like... The last Devil Wears Prada album was so fucking good, dude. I just... I just... I don't know what it is. I just can't get in. It's like asking Alexandria. Like, I Don't just, you ever do that to me again. I just don't, don't get the hype. dare compare Devil Wears Prada out asking Alexandria. Like, I, I can listen to it, and I can vibe with it, and I can... I, I fucks with it. But I just, I just, I don't feel the hype in it. You know what it's, I mean? Have you seen them live? I've seen the worst product live. Yeah. And They're I just fucking good. It was, man. yeah, it was a good show, but that's the thing. Even seeing them live, I remember thinking, man, this is a really good show. 
but I'm still indifferent to their music. I don't get it, dude. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm broken. Maybe it's <laughs> you are broken. <laughs> like I, I just, I don't know. It's just one of those bands where I feel like everyone has that band or two that you know you should like and you know they're good. I guess Alex and Alexander is one of those. I just see. I, feel I like disagree. I'm supposed to like them, but I, I just feel don't like you're supposed to like them, but I don't think they're like I, I, I like them, and I, 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 I just stand up and scream was a decent album. Okay, that's the one everyone like. Yeah, craps their pants over. But I just don't think they're as honestly. They're that chopped up and screwed remix album they have is the best thing they've done in <laughs> my eyes. Was, like I fucking I I remember my last car. I put in two twelves, got a whole new sound system, and that was the first thing I played was that, and then uh, the last sucker by Ministry because I wanted some industrial music. Mm. I remember playing this song. Uh, the song No Glory. So I was like, I just want some fucking bass to wake up my neighbors. Yeah. And those are the first two things I played. And yeah, it's, it's good. But I just, they're overrated. Yeah. And then they're coming back. And I was like, no one cares. A Day to Remember is the same thing for me, man. Yeah. I, I want to. I want to. And yeah. I get every time they come out with an album, I fucking try it. I'll listen to it. Because I always promised, I always say it, I'll give these bands a, a try, try yeah. to see if the new album's good. Yeah. I just, I've never disliked A Day to Remember. I feel like we keep shitting on them. So, like, I think my issue no, with I them. I just is, don't, I don't know. I just. I was so into them. I like them so much that I just, I'm almost like, I want to like them like I used to. Like, I want to feel what I felt about them for, like, Common Courtesy, What Separates Me From You. Because to me, those were their best two albums. I They were getting better to me after Homesick, and I was. I liked them so much because they did that super produced, super boring album that just felt super safe. And then they started being a band again. And I was so into it. And then everything after that kind of felt more like they were reverting to homesick. And that kind of yeah. like almost like that, like Lincoln Park sound where it's like, hey, you're a teenager. You'll like this. Yeah. You know, kind of sound. That's Beartooth, though. I mean, now. Beartooth. Old? No, I think like their first two Their albums. first album was very much like. We're Beartooth. Yeah. And that this is dope. Yeah. The second album was like uh, aggressive was okay. It was definitely felt a lot more it was, mainstream. They found their target audience and they went for it. Yeah. The oh, past absolutely. two albums though have been like, Oh shit, dude. Yeah. Caleb's like, I'm doing what I want. We want to play heavy. We're playing heavy. Yeah. And I don't, and clear, I don't, I don't mind obviously between the two of us. I don't mind them being soft or whatever. I, I don't even mind bands being poppy. Cause I like poppy shit. You know what I mean? Sometimes if it works. Yeah. I just, I don't like when you try to take an, a genre that you're clearly wanting to be in and make a poppier version of it. You mean like bring with the horizon? Yeah. Like what they did, like you're still trying to be that same genre you were and make it poppy. And to me, it just doesn't work. If I want to listen to poppy shit, there's poppy shit I'll go listen to. And I fucking love it. You're not doing that. So why would I listen to you when someone's, you're trying to do two different genres in the worst way possible when someone's doing both of them better than you. And I have the time that I can listen to two albums. So I'll fit that in, you know, like not, it's like fusion fucking food. Like I love Asian food. I love Mexican food. I don't really care to eat them at the same time. Bullshit. I'll tell you a perfect example of why you're wrong. You're going to say fucking wonton tacos. No, I wasn't going to say that. I think oh, that's okay. that's Applebee's. Okay. Fuck no. Um, actually, what I was going to say is I went to this place, um, super off topic, but I, we, I went to a funeral with her, and then we went to, we were already basically in Dallas. I went to this place called uh, Chris and John's. It's a Vietnamese fusion place 
Bro, I had a burrito. It was so fucking good. I'm kind of like hesitant when it comes to, especially when it's Asian and Mexican coming together. I think it's very gimmicky. But this was actually done fucking so good. Okay. Well, yeah. Any opinion is going to have a outlier. I have my own outlier for that. But typically speaking, especially being from the living up in the PNW, zipping oh, Northwest, like I'm so glad I don't live there. Anymore. I feel like there's just that kind of person that they don't have their own genre or style of food that isn't bland. So they try to mix other people's genres to make their own. And in ninety percent of the time. It's like everything that I loved about these two things, you either took the worst parts of or you blended them in the worst way. I feel like Seattle is just that depressed, though, so they have to find some sort of joy. Yeah, like, or maybe they could flavor their seafood with something more than just fucking salt because everyone talks about how great the seafood is up there, and I'm like, you've clearly never been to the South. You've it's clearly very never different been types of East seafood, though. When people are talking about seafood in, in the Pacific Northwest, we're talking about salmon. Yeah, and which nobody yeah. touches them when it comes to salmon. But that is it. That is all they have. Yeah, but that's the only thing I ever try to sell to people. Well, yeah, no, and I agree. But other people will be like, oh, this restaurant, they have this. And I'm like, for more salmon? They're like, no, it's just a good restaurant. I'm like, don't sell me on a restaurant if you just want me to get one dish. Sell me on a dish. And if, if it's not salmon and it's up there, then it's probably not that good. It's probably fucking bland. Like yeah. on the, the East well, Coast. real white people. So The West Coast crushes it. Anything Mexican that seafood is just phenomenal. But outside of that, if we're talking like American style cuisine, I'm going East Coast. I'm going South. Like I want to fucking feel my heart beating in my ear every time I take a bite. Yeah. Like I want the salt rolling through my eyelids. Yeah. Like I like crawfish, like shit like that. You know what I mean? Like you're not getting that up there. There's nothing that compares. Doing a crawfish boil. Name one fucking, you're sitting there, the messiest, dirtiest motherfucker in the world with the biggest shit-eating grin as they put a bib on you. You go, here you go, you fat piece of shit. Here's your slop. <laughs> yeah. And they literally and they dump the bucket yeah, right on there. a fucking piece of paper and go, eat up, pig, and you're just oink, oinking that shit yeah. up. Name me one thing. There's nothing quite like that. Yeah, like there's just Barbecue, maybe. The barbecue up closed. there is not, up there mm-hmm. isn't anywhere near as good. No, no, I'm just talking about in general. Oh, oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. Well, There's yeah. barbecue here. Slap, yeah. sir. Yeah, I yeah. gotta take you to this place like right down the road. It's called Goldie's. You should also uh, remind me to not fucking leave you know, like twenty minutes before I need to be here because I have to take like nine different routes to get here. Just off topic, but it just crossed my mind. I told you an hour before you needed to be here. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, my GPS says twenty three minutes, which I think Google must own the state of Texas because they really wanted me to get on that fucking toll. No, what you have to do is you have to. Go to the settings and turn off toll. That's why how I avoid. That sounds too easy. I don't want very do that. easy. That's yeah. how I avoid going. Nah, I like my life being Chisholm difficult. and uh, that fucking thirty five uh, tollway. Wow. Uh, well, that's kind of out of the way for me. I mean, Chisholm's right. I'm here. talking about like another example. Yeah, like uh, I know, like going to the airport. If you live in Fort Worth, you're getting on the one twenty one. If you're in Fort Worth proper. Like, it's just oh, the fastest yeah. way. Because it comes right off of downtown. Yeah, for me, I just take 20 to 30. Yeah, it's about 20 you, to 35, and yeah, I go up. I don't want to, like, to pinpoint you, but you're obviously, I'm literally in the city. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, for me, 121 literally ends at downtown. And you can either go south on 35, or you can go to downtown. So, for me, I take the 121, and then, like, every time I'm coming up on the 35, see the expressways and shit like that, I'm just like... It's not, it's one, I don't, it's really ever faster, but two, it's just like, no, nah, I'm just going to go up here. And then All people right. are like, well, well, then next time I'll, 
I don't know. I guess I'll tell you an hour ahead of time again. Yeah. 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 Let's do right. that. I also did say, tell me when to leave. So that's fine. It's, it's completely your fault, but it's okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so that should just about wrap up this episode <laughs> <laughs> on the weirdest final note ever. Um, well, I hope you guys enjoy these first few episodes. Um, we'll have a new episode probably every week. That's what we're shooting for. Um, we will let you down, and I apologize in advance. Yeah, if it's anybody's <laughs> fault, it's going to be it his. It will 100% be mine, and um, I'm okay with that. So, like I said before, if you guys have any comments or uh, opinions, you just post it on the Facebook, post it on the Instagram. The Instagram is at Emo Otaku Podcast. And then on Facebook, you just search Emo Otaku Podcast. It's just easier to do it that way. Yeah. So, just, uh, yeah, we'd love some engagement from you guys. So, we might run out of topics and shit to talk about. Just give us some new stuff to talk about. We'll if we oblige. go on too many tangents, let us know. I know I do that a lot. Yeah, you know we're gonna try and keep it as best we can to forty five minutes to an hour today. Obviously, we ran a little bit longer. As you could tell from the first episode, music is kind of yeah, music is very important. Yeah, I feel like anime is just a lot more structured and easy to talk about. Yeah, and also music has just been a, it's bigger part of my life for it, sure. It, it can't not be because music yeah. is in everything. Whereas yeah. anime is something you sit down and watch like. Your music's always on. Watch YouTube. There's music. I drive to and from work every day. I'm listening to music. I I go to the gym. I listen to music. I was listening to, I was thinking about our last week's episode and our anime list in Fully Cooley. So I literally today was listening to The Pillows because they did that album. You know, like, so even when I'm loving anime, I'm loving music. So it's just just hard not to. All right. Well, uh, we will see you guys next time. Uh, This is the Emo Otaku Podcast. My name is Lance. And I'm Antoine. And we will see you guys later. Okay, love you, miss you, bye.